0: Hey everyone, this is another K-pop cast recording, a weekly conversation we hold on Twitter spaces. And as it was held on Twitter spaces, the audio quality isn't as high as a formal podcast recording, uh, but we still have some great weekly discussions. For this episode, we discuss feminism in K-pop. Enjoy. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone, as we file in for today's K-pop chat. um, I think we're actually waiting for a couple more speakers to Raya, but maybe we can get this conversation started um so if you're new to the k-pop chat we're a weekly uh twitter spaces discussion forum we talk about things happening in and around the world of k-pop um and uh today we're talking here to talk about feminism and misogyny as it appears (laughs) k-pop i think it almost goes without uh warning but I'll, i'll do it anyway all the trigger warnings for today so um suicide threats of violence uh, dick measuring, uh, stalking, rape, revenge porn, um, you name it, it's, it's, I think we're, we're looking to, to cover um, that territory. And here I'm trying to add in a few of more speakers. Um, and it looks like actually one of our speakers is struggling to join us. It seems like Twitter Spaces is having issues. So, um, yeah, we may introduce speakers as they as they fall in here. So just a few ground rules for today's uh, topic, really are ground rules for every K-pop chat. Um, K-pop chat intends to be both a public venue and a place where we can uh, make this a safe space. You don't have to agree with everything that's being said in the discussion, but we just ask that you respect the listeners and participate in this conversation from the perspective of trying to come at a solution. Um, So in that mission and pursuit of making this a safe space will either ignore or mute um, or uh, boot people who use non-constructive commentary or perform ad hominem attacks on the speakers are the uh, participants in today's conversation um, so uh, with that we also want to make sure that we've got some really good line distribution for our speakers so if you're a speaker can you just wave your hand let me know that you're there um, wave your hand as the emoji to indicate that you want to speak Yep. So we got Aram, Carolyn, Sarah, and Emily, and Lily. I think I'm pretty sure you. There we go. Okay, all our speakers know how to do with their hand. Oh, and Nat. You know what? Let me actually. I think I added you as a speaker. Let's see if we can get you on stage. Um, and also, hello, Tamar. I see you in there in the audience. If you want to come on up, we've got room. So feel free to to request a cons. You can uh, we can add you on stage for today's conversation. Um, okay. So for today's conversation, we're also choosing to define feminism as the effort to establish political, economic, personal, and social equality of the sexes with the acknowledgement that societies prioritize the male point of view. So there's that power dynamic that we're looking to to overcome. Um, and uh, again, on this topic, uh, we're here to talk about feminism and misogyny in K-pop. You might be hard-pressed to think of feminist songs or concepts in K-pop that were free of controversy or critique by the patriarchy. Uh, girl groups' a sense of empowerment at times even might seem uh, contrived at times, as it can sometimes be presented through an a-yo male gaze uh, vantage point. Female idols in particular seem limited in the breadth of expression and territory they can express. These feminist narratives and ideals and virtues as even the smallest of images can set off a wave of incels. And we've witnessed the pitfalls. We've seen how Suli and Guhara face waves of harassment, largely for just, frankly, standing up. For themselves um, in instances of injustice and the list goes on through many examples in just the past couple of years that are increasingly becoming the center for discourse on the fourth wave of feminism these include the gandam station murder oh i should also thank arm for providing this list The so Gundam station murder burning sun controversy the nth room pornographic use of deep fakes the controversial use of the finger-measuring emoji attacks on female idols who read uh, Kim Ji-young's Born in 1982, um, and even super benign things, such as wearing short hair or expressing the view that girls can do anything. Um, so we've got an awesome uh, panel of speakers to talk about this this topic and I'll, I'll, as much as possible as a single male voice. On this panel try to take a back seat so I'm gonna introduce our speakers in the order as they appear on my screen. Um, so Sarah, would you like to tell us about um, you know why why this topic matters for you today? And introduce yourself
1: Hi uh, my name is Sarah Raleigh. I'm an academic journalist and the writer author of uh, the Bones of Ruin, which is releasing September seventh so this next month um. I'm a woman. I think that's the, the biggest reason why this uh, why this topic matters to me. But I think, you know, the the I I kind of worry a little bit about um, taking up too much space about a discussion um, that is affecting South Korean women. I know that this is there are a lot of cultural specificities, but at the same time. Um, when we're dealing with sexism, sexism is global, and sexism affects us worldwide. And there are troubling things that I'm seeing uh, patterns that I'm seeing happening in um, in South Korea and in, in in the Korean industry that you can easily sort of see um, ghosting um, other communities, Western communities. Um, and our own local communities and our own lives as women. So um, this is going to be a really important topic. So thank you for having me.
0: And thank you, Sarah, for providing that that background. Um, up next, we've got Alexis.
2: Hi. Sorry, I came in late. I don't know why I had it in my head that it was at five thirty. Can someone else go before me because I missed
0: the yeah yeah you're all good everything. Um, yeah, no, we, we're just getting started, Alexis. So you're you're not even late. Um, so Carolina, um, would you like to go next?
3: Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Carolina. I'm one fourth of Natural Rich Fangirls, a K-pop podcast. Um, this topic is very important to me just because, like Sarah said, like I'm a woman. Um, I also understand that being in the K-pop industry itself, um, it's kind of good to know what's going on in South Korea, as well as what's going on in the K-pop industry when it comes to this topic. Um, but also, like I mentioned, like I'm, I'm a woman and I want to be able to be in spaces and feel safe. So I feel like conversations like this are very important to have um, in order to raise awareness on what's going on. So thank you for having me.
0: Thank you and welcome. Up next, we've got Lily.
3: Hi, guys. Um, I'm a music
4: industry professional and a woman, um, and I also consume a lot of Korean content um, in my daily life as a fan. And then also, um, I hope to one day do some more work within the K-pop industry. So um, just kind of reiterating what everybody else said, um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's really important to be um, observant of the issues in the world around you and especially in the worlds or countries that you consume a lot of content from. I mean, it affects the content that you're that you're looking at or um, observing, too. So I just really think that it's important for everyone to be a feminist. But then also when it like pairs along with K-pop, it's important
5: to me. So that's why I wanted to join.
0: And Emily, you're up next.
5: Hi, friends. My name is Emily. I'm half of the New York City K-pop Queen's weekly podcast. New episodes come out every Thursday. Uh, Growing up, I was what you would consider a tomboy. I played basketball and was really into hip-hop music, so I faced sexism and misogyny quite a bit. Um, I'm here tonight to listen and learn. Obviously, like my other panelists, I'm into K-pop and Korean culture, so... It'll be an interesting topic, and I'm here to support women.
0: Great. And then uh, we got Not Your Average Netizens.
6: Hey, everybody. It's Nat. I am one-fourth of Not Your Average Netizens and one-half of Soju Chronicles. Once again, you know, I am a woman, and I support all women. And I also have been to Korea, and I plan to Go back to Korea. So I think it's actually really important to know the culture and to understand, you know what safety precautions you have to put up. you you do have to um, perform when you're there. I mean, it it's the same as any country that you go to. you know, you want to know what type of culture you're gonna be experiencing and what safety is is you know specific to that region. So um, I'm here to learn. More so, I think, because, you know, as everyone has said, like, most of us are from the Western world. We're not Korean or we don't live in Korea. So it it is going to be like a really educational, I think, K-pop chat this week for me. But I'm definitely here because I consume East Asian culture and entertainment and things like that. So um, I'm definitely here to also, you know, have a discussion about it and have a good time.
0: Indeed. And uh, major kudos goes to Aram up next, who uh, was the one who actually suggested this topic. So thank you, Aram. Uh, please go ahead and introduce yourself.
7: Hi, everybody. This is Aram. I research and teach K-pop uh, currently in China. Um, I actually grew up in Korea until I was 24 years old. After that, I kind of like Move around, but uh, when I was growing up, there were numerous moments where I was subject to sexism and misogyny, whether I was, you know, aware of it or not, whether it was, you know, blatant or, you know, microaggressions. And I think as you know, K-pop becomes this global phenomenon, we kind of get swept away by the, all the glitz and glamour and all the achievements. And this kind of discussion is really long overdue because whether you live in Korea or not, whether you know you're Korean or not. It, it affects viewers. What you see, the content you consume, it definitely affects you as a viewer. So, really excited by uh, today's conversation.
0: And thank you, um, Aram, again, for all the background. Um, and, uh, Alexis, now's your chance. Uh, so, if you wanted to close out on the intros.
2: Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Alexis. I'm the features and music editor at Remezcla. I've covered K pop and Being on that side of things, I've seen the misogyny. I've experienced some of it in the industry. So I'm really excited about talking about this, um, engaging in the conversation, learning more. And just to, to echo what everyone has already said, just wanted to add that, you know, misogyny is not like a woman exclusive um, problem. It affects everyone, men, um, gender nonconforming people, everyone. So, yeah, I hope everyone, you know, can learn and engage in this with us. And, yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. All right, so members of the audience, uh, you can also be participants in this week's discussion, really every week. Um, You can tweet your thoughts your questions, your comments, using the hashtag K-pop chat. And we'll um, pin them at, at the top of the discussion. And uh, at regular intervals, we'll also have a chance to read off some of your comments. And then um, depending on how much space and time we've got at the end, we'll also invite maybe some some members of that to come up on stage um, to, to speak. So um, also, I just want to call out, it looks like one of our speakers. Um girl at girl in real life was, was has been trying to get in but for some reason twitter spaces is uh not working for her so um uh cat if you want to tweet your answers using the hashtag k-pop chat um i'll try to read them off uh whenever we get a chance so first question for this week's discussion and we're gonna start things off a bit positive um what are some instances of feminism in k-pop that you're especially proud of as a fan and why Okay, go ahead, Aaron.
7: So I think um, a lot of us have witnessed moments in which female idols um, speak or you know act against what is considered the norms in Korea. For example, like when you know they do what they want and they don't have to act cutesy or perky all the time. Um, a lot of the, the the normative image that we, you know, view as female idols, they have to be happy and smiley all the time. They have to, you know, I don't know, like, like sprout r- rainbow sprinkles or something. But there are moments in which, you know, they actively voice out like, oh, I think this is definitely, you know, wrong. And we can think about this in a different light so that, you know, you know, they can kind of step out of the boundaries that, you know, kind of keep them within those gender norms so those are you know definitely the moments i feel proud as a k-pop fan
0: all right so i saw alexis then uh nat so feel free to just not jump in right in after alexis
2: um my particular example go like goes into exactly what adam was talking about and i think that one of the if not the moment that I was just like yes like that's like the perfect example of just like exerting your self-agency not only as a woman but as a person but in this context I think that what Hyuna stood up for herself with Cube and went you know essentially against them (laughs) and um, you know she stood up for her relationship for herself for her career and It was a decision that you just that it was truly hers. And and yeah, like she, you know, quote unquote, suffered consequences for it. But, you know, she stood her ground and it eventually ended up being fruitful for her. And um, like, we love that, that it turned out fine for her. And um, she seems to be like in a much happier place now. But but yeah, I think that to me, I thought that that was very powerful, especially considering everything we know about um, female idols and how um, they're controlled and how just that they just don't have that agency over their sexuality, their lives, their nothing. So I think that is an instance that particularly stands out to me.
6: There you, Alexis? That's actually what I was going to say as well. Uh, (laughs) Just Huna's... Just the fact that she is so confident as a woman and as a person and, you know, she stood her grounds with her dating quote-unquote scandal. I mean, you know, what's really scandalous about it? Nothing. But the fact that she did that and that she and Don are so cute and they're on these variety shows as a couple, they're coming out with music as a couple, they are bucking the norm of, idols who date right and i think that you know a lot of people look at big huge revolutionary moments but sometimes it's a small thing sometimes it's just being on a show a variety show with your boyfriend and having ajumas you know ask you guys questions they did a show like that it was super adorable um but i my second person that i was going to mention then was also going to be ha felt or yin from the wonder girls yeni um and the fact that she has become a member of a task force committee against sexual violence and even with the pushback she is standing her ground and saying like I mean there is no excuse to defend sexual violence so it's kind of strange that she's getting so much pushback for it but she's also very confident in who she is and doing what's right and she is not letting the haters get to her and she's continuing her work and I respect her so much for it.
0: Yeah. So just another plug for listeners in the audience, if you have thoughts on this, I mean, we especially want to hear from um, you as a, if you live in Korea or if you're a Korean um, really want to hear your, your, your perspective and, and uh, cultural context on this. Cause we just want to make sure we're not um, getting things lost in translation. So uh, I saw Lily and Carolina using this brand spanking new hand-waving feature so let's let's all move use that moving forward so i think that's on the right side of your emoji react button so we'll go lily and then uh, carolina
4: um i just wanted to reference specifically um and i i think a few of you have mentioned it like in passing in our little introductions but um whenever idols have for um reading the book kim ji young born in 1982 i just thought that was such a like sorry for the cursing but such a big fuck you to the people that were saying that idols shouldn't be feminist or idols shouldn't show their views and there were these women and a few men that were saying like um subcon not subconsciously more with symbolism by having the book or or whatever um by having it and basically saying like yeah I read this like what about it I just thought that was so powerful and even though they got a lot of hate for it um Young and Irene and Namjoon from BTS they were still doing it and they were unapologetic and I don't think I saw any like specific statements about it but I feel like that was a big statement on its own and I really enjoyed that.
3: Yeah, now that Lily mentioned um, Irene and Red Velvet, um, I was going to mention her. I believe she was standing up to her friend one. I'm sorry, not her friend. She was standing up for Red Velvet for something and people came at her being like, oh, like you are sorry for the cursing. You're a bitch. Um, Well, you don't see that like if it was a man, you know? So I think that her uh, standing up for her group was a very good, like, uh, view of feminism in there, especially because in Red Velvet, you have Joy, I believe Irene as well. They've worn, like, clothing that kind of says, like, women can do everything, like, you know, women is power type of thing. Um, And I I appreciate that because the subtle things that kind of let you know that that idol is also, like, in your side of the court type of thing. Um, I know a lot of idols have also used like social media um, to kind of, again, just post these pictures and they have items either that they're wearing or like even like Lily mentioned, like the book um, with them kind of showing how they are feminist. I also know uh, one of my other examples was Hwasa. I know that she like the company did not want her cutting her hair. They were like, "Oh, that's not sexy," and she was just like, "This is my body. I'll do what I want." And she went ahead and cut her hair. Um, I think the same happened with um, Momo from Twice, where the company was just like, "No, you can't cut your you can't cut your hair," and she was just like, "What are you gonna do?" So she went ahead and did it. So I think that moments like that. Um, even if they are small, they do show, like, I'm not going to stand for you putting me down, basically. Go ahead, Aram.
7: I think Carolina raised a really important point, how a lot of female idols, even if they want to say something, even if they want to do something, they might be silenced or shushed by their managers. So another moment that I think is important For female idols is to just to cheer for each other and empower each other, especially like on competition TV shows, because the media really wants to edit and frame them as like doing cat fights, and, you know, let this whole like misogynistic view of women hating each other. So just, you know, those small acts of like empowering and cheering each other. I, I think that's also really important.
0: All right, we'll go Lily, then Sarah.
4: Sorry, I just put a piece of cucumber in my mouth so Sarah wants to go first.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, I really... Sorry, I think I pressed the hands up button again. Okay. Um, I think that uh, on top of women standing up for themselves against the populace and standing up for each other, I think it's really interesting when you see female idols um, kind of standing up, against male idols in certain circumstances. I don't recall quite a lot of these instances. I'm sure others can think of some, but I do remember a few years ago, um, on Happy Together 3, and um, there was um, a situation where Kai, Exos Kai and Chinese Taemin were talking about uh, choreography. And I, I sort of had this weird feeling when exos kai talked about um girl group choreography sort of he he seemed a little dismissive about girl group choreography and how it wasn't that um difficult and kind of giving off a sense of you know maybe girl groups can't do um the kind of choreography that male idols can do and g friends uh kind of sort of said well no the kind of choreography that we do is actually like Requires a lot of technique. It might look easy, but um, you know there's a lot of steps and a lot of work in, that goes into it. And I think it's especially difficult because when it comes to first of all popular idols, and then when it comes to male idols, it can be difficult for any female idol or even any fan or consumer of K-pop to say anything that critiques them in the slightest, because people are always going to be ready to, you know, have their pitchforks up to defend, especially their, you know, their faves, um, especially the more male and popular they are, the more defenses that they're going to get. So Knowing that you know this is a huge idol from a huge idol group saying something potentially problematic, um, to be a female idol and to kind of correct that person, knowing that there's probably a wave of backlash coming, um, I think that's pretty rave and um, goes to what we're speaking about.
4: Um, actually, I wanted to mention really quick. I just saw that you pinned this tweet. My next example was going to be Sully. Um, so much of what Sully stood for, especially after she left FX, was women's rights and like human rights in general. She's spoken about sexism, racism, um, hate comments against women, misogyny against women. Um, Sully was such a great example of a modern feminist within K pop. So Um, I didn't have much else to say other than that, but I really appreciated what she did with her time with us.
0: Yeah, indeed. So uh, Lily is referring to a tweet from K-pop chat regular, uh, Taylor, or at Tiffany Yeri, who tweets, I think a great example of feminism in K-pop was when Sully was advocating for not wearing bras in public. She got so much flack for that, but it is incredible that she did that and empowered women in South Korea. So indeed, and also, hello, Tamar. Um, welcome to to the stage. Um, do we do we have you? are you are, 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 are anything you wanted to just jump in before i move on to the next question tomorrow
8: i actually i didn't really realize that i was joining in as a speaker i just oh, okay up, just well, speaking can... to my parents so i missed half of the conversation but i wanted to hear all the conversation. so hi everybody i'm enjoying what i've heard so far and i'm gonna keep listening while I get okay okay cool Thank well for hosting yeah
0: yeah yeah anyway tamar if something strikes you feel free to just um It's on the far right of your emoji reaction button at the bottom. So if you click on that heart at the bottom, on the far right, there's like a hand uh, emoji thing. It's on the right side of it. If you click on that, we'll just need to cue you in to have something to say. Okay. So our next question here, um, kind of on the flip side. Sorry. Now we're going to go into the cliche everyone loves to hate. The dark side of K-pop. So, what are what are some instances of misogyny in K-pop that we hope, as an industry, as a and as a fan community, um, to learn from? So, what what were some of those instances, and what what are some things that we can learn from them? Um, really quick, Nat from Not Your Average genesis, were you trying to say something or? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> I, wasn't and sure I was. Then we'll go, Sarah, to... right after you. Okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Okay, one of the worst examples that I'd ever seen or heard was um, a male idol had said that basically they could not be in a relationship with anybody that was quote-unquote fat. Um, And it was, like, coming from anybody that's rude and, like, crazy, but what added the misogynistic twitch or, I guess, tone to that was the fact that he himself is, like, not... I mean, I guess in Korea, he would be considered overweight or maybe chubby or something. And so the and he acknowledged it and was like, I know for me, this is, you know, whatever, but there are rules for boys and girls is kind of like the idea. And another male idol who basically was like women over 30, you know, ew. <laughs> and it's like, um, but you're almost 30 yourself. Like, why would you you know, feel that way about women. And that is, like, a current trend. Like, not a current trend. That's a trend in general in, in like, around the world, basically. But, like, I remember when Brave Girls were just, you know, rolling their way to the top of the charts. People, you know, made comments about the fact that they were in their 30s. And it was strange, like, that they were, you know, had a sexy concept, concept and they were, you know, not the cute, fresh girl's, that people wanted I guess or expected and so those would probably be some of the like not so great examples that I'd seen that and when that weird exec guy was like feeling up on Jessica Jung at like an event and like nobody did anything really to protect her it was very strange but yeah that was it.
0: Okay, so, so well, we'll go Sarah, Aram, Lily, then Alexis. So I'll repeat that again. Um, and I'm seeing that a few people are requesting to become the speaker. Um, we'll, we'll maybe have time for that at the end, but if you want to work in your thoughts, a good way to be a participant is just tweeting along using the hashtag K-pop chats so then we can have a little bit more concurrent conversation. We'll also pin them at the top here. So go ahead, Sarah.
1: Um, one question is, are we going to discuss in full like as its own sort of topic the burning sun issue uh because if so I'll, I'll just skip that because i feel like that's a whole that's a whole conversation on its own um well what i will say is that um something that really gets me i think is when female idols are just sort of made fun of for a lot of the the work and the labor that they do and you see that a lot when um male idols um when they will cross-dress in uh, as a certain female idol and do the choreography, oftentimes they don't do the choreography seriously. They kind of, they do it as a joke, almost to say, you know, we're men and we're doing choreography by girl groups. This is silly, this is beneath us. So let's kind of make fun of it. When in reality, you know, these female idols put a lot of work and effort into mastering the choreography obviously to give people a good experience a good uh, visual experience so you know i've seen that happen with a lot of boy groups and again that just kind of tying into what i mentioned before with sort of kai's comments three years ago it's just part of the reason why it rubbed me the wrong way and by the way, I, I am gonna name names so if anyone wants to be upset about that uh, you can at me but uh, I think transparency is is incredibly important in this in this um, chat so as to not sort of, um, let people off the hook just because they may be our faves, right? So um, one of the reasons why what Kai said rubbed me the wrong way is because idols in general have very little power over what goes into their craft in terms of how they dance, the choreography that they get. And I would venture to say that female idols have even less um, agency in terms of what they can do. And when female idols are given a, a certain kind of choreography that usually male producers and male CEOs and male, you know, choreographers say, "Oh, this is what's going to appeal to a male fan base," and then to then turn around and mock them for the choreography that they're doing, it just really rubs me the wrong way.
0: Yeah, and to answer your question, sir, on Burning Sun, we can dive into it. Um, as well as any one of these, so feel free to bring it up. But it, I do want to acknowledge that it is indeed a universe into itself. But uh, if you'd like to dive into it, um, you're you're very welcome to. So again, Arm Lily, then Alexis. So go ahead, Arm.
7: So I think we already established like the double standard among female and male idols in K-pop and one of the most historical instances when a female idol makes her way up to the charts there's always like you know people saying oh she slept her way up to the top and female idols labor doesn't get as valued as male idols so that's one of I guess, the most historical, uh, like, long-running misogynistic things in K-pop. One recent thing I want to touch upon is um, how a lot of male commenters would attack female idols over very illogical things like the finger-measuring emoji because, you know, they claim, oh, it's an attack." On men, It's anti-men. But deep down, these commenters, these attackers know that they're not making any sense at all. And the only reason that they're attacking female idols is because they just want to make sure that they can silence those female idols or make them do according to their will. So deep down, it's just it's more of a power play. They don't really I'm sure they don't really believe like, oh, this finger emoji is like this, like, you know, attack on all Korean men.
4: Um, just to continue that um, thought earlier, um, some other examples that I felt were based and rooted in misogyny, but I'm sure that there are other things that played into it where um, the situations with Um, Tiffany whenever she used the Japanese flag emoji um, when they were in Japan on tour um, I thought that obviously that's a very nuanced subject and I'm not Korean so I'm not going to pretend to really know all the nuances about it but um, as a fan of hers during the time I did notice that a lot of the criticism against her were from men and were pointing out oh this stupid woman she doesn't know the history, the stupid American woman, she doesn't know the history of the country that she lives in. Um, if it was a man, I'm pretty sure that the backlash that she got wouldn't have been half as harsh. Um, and then also um, another thing was, even though I don't know how I feel about her now, um, she is still a woman, um, Jimin from AOA and then also Seokhyun, um, whenever they were on a talk show and they didn't know an important Korean historical figure A lot of the backlash was similar for them. Um, It was these stupid women. They don't know history. They don't know what they're talking about. They shouldn't be allowed to say anything because they don't know anything. Um, And I just thought that that was really so rooted in misogyny um, and so tied with K-pop. And I just think that over the years, like the Tiffany thing was only three, four years ago, I believe it was twenty sixteen. So I mean that wasn't that long ago. And I feel like, um I mean Tiffany and most AOA members have come out and been very, very vocal about their feminist beliefs since then. But I think also another thing is I bet a lot of young women, young female idols were seeing those situations happen and they were like, I'm never gonna talk about any sort of history or be on any quiz shows or anything because of that. So I think that the industry probably saw that and hopefully um, in the future that doesn't happen again.
2: Um, I think all of these are really good examples. Um, I think that just for me personally, the ones that stand up stand um, out to me are those that are particularly violent. So, you know, we glossed over, um, Burning Sun, but the one that I think that's particularly egregious was the whole thing with Kim Hyun Joong. Um, I don't, I don't know why. Um, when I read those those texts, like it's, um, in it just it's tattooed in my ma- in my head. When you know he's talking to his ex girlfriend and he's referencing her as like a pig. For getting pregnant and, you know, blaming her for getting pregnant and that kind of thing. And I just think that that whole thing showed like the underbelly um, that lies, you know, with a lot of these people, like not just idols, just people in general. Um, Gender violence is global, misogyny is global. Um, So that just, that was just. You know, one of those things where it's just, it's misogyny coupled up with ignorance because, like, you know, that's very basic, like, sexual education and it's clear that he didn't have that. So, yeah, like, that that one for me, like, that's, you know, that's, like, the pinnacle of, for me.
0: Yeah, so we'll, we'll hand the floor to you uh, just in a second here, Lily. Um, really quick from the audience, uh, Asato underscore V tweets not really a specific moment but an interesting observation thing to see is that for female idols there is a quote unquote ticking timeline for them to put the maximum amount of work before retiring at 30 whereas for male idols there isn't that same pressure yeah one of my biases um i remember just seeing comments saying like oh she looks really hot but you know she's over 30 i'm like what <laughs> like what <laughs> what but anyway um, so we'll we'll move on to the next question uh, after the, your comment like go ahead
4: um, I just thought of a pretty glaring example of misogyny in K-pop for me personally. Um, not to mention Girls' Generation again, um, so on, raise your hands. Um, but the instance when I... I'm sorry, my cat is being an idiot behind me. <laughs> but um, the instance whenever Girls' Generation was performing on stage and Teon got physically pulled off of the stage by a male fan and nothing happened. Like, nothing happened. It was just people talked about it, and then nothing else happened after that. I feel like that was also probably rooted in misogyny, and I think that a lot of the reason why why nothing came of that is because she was a woman, and she was probably scared of more backlash by
7: going against this person, pressing charges. Yeah, go ahead, R. Oh, I just really wanted to quickly touch on what Alexis was raising about how it was obvious that he didn't receive any sex education whatsoever. So I don't know, maybe things changed today. But when I was growing up, there was basically no sex education in primary or middle schools or high schools. The only sex education I got in Korea was this is going to be a really horrific example. When I was in middle school, a teacher came up with a box of peppermint candy and on the candy wrapper, it said like innocence candy or like virginity candy or whatever, um, "sungir candy. And then she handed out the candies to all the female students. I was going to a female uh, uh, girl's middle school. And she basically said, so when you eat this candy, you're promising that you will keep your virginity until... You get married. You will not have sex before you get married. That is like the essence of all the sex education I got in Korea. I don't know how it goes in uh, boys, middle schools or high schools. I don't think it's going to be very different from what I experienced. So um, maybe things have changed a little bit today. But basically, there is very little emphasis on sex education in Korean uh, public education. I just wanted to like raise, uh, tell you guys that.
0: Yeah, very helpful cultural um, context and story. And, man, I, I wonder the efficacy. how <laughs> would be horrible. Anyway. Um, aside do you from- think no it worked? I bad. mean,
7: really, do you think it worked? All my friends ask me, so did it work? Did the candy work? And I'm like, do you think it worked?
0: Yeah, right. Um, so really quick, quick comments here from the audience. Uh, let's see. Mayfair Moon B tweets, I think Tayman slash Kai were right and arranges me. Women can dance with just as much obvious power and intricacy as men. They're simply not allowed to because their choreo is geared toward the male gaze. Yes. I think Taman tried to blur that line with move. Yep, 100% um, to that. Let's see what else. Uh, Taylor also tweets, It always bothered me how K-pop female idols have talked about how their management has locked away their food and the girls would be so hungry that they would try and sneak out and buy food. Um, not to mention how that was very differently treated for male idols in the same situation. Um, and then Liz also tweeted, or, or Liz Cook, Liz C tweeted, a good thing when I see more women as producers, executives, um, MB directors, m- music video directors, maybe. I a good thing is that there aren't more Um Okay, so uh, next next question here. Uh, why do you think feminism receives a backlash that it does in some K-pop associated spaces? Uh, and and by spaces, I, I'm I'm using that like very broadly. So you know, well, like you the example of, of appearing on a talk show, um, maybe it's like a Twitter or um, social media platform, what what have you. So what are those spaces, and why do you think, uh, or what what do you think conditions? that misogynistic uh, mindset or behavior. So we'll go Emily, Carolina, and then Sarah.
5: I think it's cultural as a whole. Um, We're we're speaking about K-pop specifically, but if you look at the equality, the gender pay gap has gotten worse in Korea the past couple of years, not better. And you have politicians running on platforms to end um the Ministry for like gender equality. I'm not sure what it's called, so forgive me for that. But there's a major, major issue going on in Korea with feminism. Um and it seems like from everything I've read, the past couple years it's getting worse and worse and worse. So of course in the K pop space that's gonna be reflected.
3: Yeah, I was going to say something similar. Um, it ha- It's very cultural, but I think it's also education. Like Aram was saying, um, sex ed is kind of non-existent. From what I've known, just from past friends that are Korean or like they've said in passing, Like they don't really teach that too much. Um, so I feel like it's it, either ignorance or you know rooted in the patriarchy or just like they're not educated on that um i think that a lot of people also and this is not just you know this is globally they associate feminism with anti-men and i think that that's once you give that to the public you are gonna have that small group of people that are gonna run with it and try to spread that misinformation right So I think that it's a lot of misinformation, not a lot of education in the sense of what feminism really is and what it means. Um, I mean, we just want equality, right? We want to be able to walk down the street and not be harassed for just existing. Um, So I think it's just rooted in that sense of like they are missing out on teaching these things because of just cultural norms and that are set in that country i just wanted to
2: build on what carolina was saying because i think that um that to me it seems that there's also like this lack of like self-awareness because when you read these comments and like you know these reactions from men they're always calling these these um this feminist organization's violent or like extreme and I think that what they like when I read that it's like okay maybe they are but like why are they extreme why are they radical why are they so you know why are why are they like that like it's proportional to the to the gender violence and the misogyny that they experience like that is you know (laughs) radicalization 101 it's um like it's proportionate so i feel like there's a a, you know there's a power struggle of course but there's also just like this self-awareness where it's like oh my god why are you so mean to me what have i done to you like everything you've done everything to me
1: um
0: Uh, wait um, really quick yeah go ahead sarah
1: oh sorry um no, no. Did you have something you wanted to say really quickly?
0: I I said I wanted to make sure Sarah had a chance to say something. So oh. go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, well, I would say in terms of Korea and pretty much everywhere, I think, you know, patriarchy is kind of a global thing. Global, you can call it an epidemic. I don't know. Um, uh, when it comes to power in general, I think one rule of thumb is that people with power and privilege don't want to give it up. So feminism is all about empowering a marginalized group of people. Um, But when you empower a marginalized group of people, that means that you would take power away from uh, an empowered group of people. That's what equality means, right? To make there be a balance. And people with power usually don't want to give it up because having power comes with all kinds of privileges and benefits and this and that. And so they'll often... You know, even if it's hypocritical or contradictory, they'll come up with all kinds of excuses and even, you know, violence um, and various forms of violence to maintain their power political violence, sexual violence, physical violence, emotional violence, and so on. I think it's a lot more complicated, though, when we think about space in terms of K pop fandom, because K pop fandom is global, right? Um, There are fans around the world. And so how fans react to feminism, whether they react positively or negatively or somewhere in between, I think it will depend on people's cultures, people's backgrounds, people's individual politics. But I will say that, unfortunately, I think sometimes people will momentarily throw away their own morals if it means shielding and protecting their, their favorite idols. And that happens a lot. So, for example, with the Sungri case, the Burning Sun case, and there are a lot of people around the world who, you know, if it were another idol, if it were an idol from a rival group, um, I'm sure that they would have a lot to say and, and be gung-ho about feminism. But suddenly when it comes to, you know, sungri, who is their bias or from their bias group, um, pimping and, you know, we saw those that awful footage of a woman being drugged and dragged to be sexually assaulted in one of his clubs, suddenly all the excuses come out and suddenly it's, Oh, you know, it's not, it's not a, you know, but et cetera, et cetera. There's always a, but, you know, and I think that when it comes to K-pop fandom, people need to understand that it's okay to be critical towards your biases. It's okay to be critical towards people in general and you shouldn't sort of throw that away just because, well, this is my favorite group. And I remember back in high school buying my first album from this particular male idol or this male idol group. And I just have so many fond memories of it. So, you know, I'll just stick to that group and and uh, defend them even when they're, you know, committing this crime or that crime against women. I think that we need to not... I feel like we need to not do that. We need to we need to think about the victims in this case.
0: That's great, thank you. So yeah, we'll go Nat, then Carolina, and then we'll I'll read some comments.
6: Okay, perfect. I think everybody has had some fantastic points and made this discussion very fruitful. Um, but the question, like, was I was thinking a little bit about the question of like why in K-pop spaces, and it's like. When you look at the entertainment industry in Korea, everybody, almost everybody at the top is man, right? So, and we already know that K-pop itself is looked at not very positively. Um, it's kind of seen as childish. It's seen as something that mostly girls are into. So it really does, like, if you follow that logic, I don't think it... I don't think it's fair. Obviously, I think it's a very nuanced discussion. But if you follow that logic, it would make sense that a lot of people sort of in the entertainment world on varieties and stuff like that see a lot of these female idols specifically as just like pretty girls, you know, like not talented, not hardworking, not people who busted their butts, you know, in these training um, programs uh, to become, you know, a member and finally debut and is then also busting their butts to you know, make their mark and, and be successful. Like a lot of people really do degrade what a lot of idols, but also specifically female idols do to, you know, make it in the industry. You know, whether it's the mental abuse, the physical abuse with all of the weight loss thing. I mean, Min was on a YouTube channel I with Esna, I think, and she was talking about the things that she had to do to lose weight because she, they were weighing her like every day or every week when she was in New York and like it was horrific listening to the things that she had done literally as like a child um, in order to not be sent home and she was still sent home many times so and and the way that they talk about the diets that they've done and the crazy things that they've had to do in order to maintain you know the perfect weight in, in Korea you know as entertainers it's it's actually quite insane and I do think like just looking at a macro level, I think things get worse specifically for marginalized people when you are in a recession, when the economy is not doing so hot, and I think that you start to, you're starting to see that exasperated, especially with this pandemic. And for a lot of like a lot of the safe spaces that people were opening up seem to be shrinking lately. And I think that those have also sort of exasperated a lot of the Meninists, you know, like a lot of these weird, like, you know, sensitive male emotions in Korea. And like, and it's not an excuse. I like I, I'm just like looking at it from like a wider lens in why it's happening and why specifically it's happening in the K-pop space. So that's sort of like my thoughts on that.
3: I wanted to kind of go back to what Sarah was saying about the fans um, acting like their faves can't do no wrong. Um, I know it's not, obviously it's not Sungri, but I know that we saw this happen when the whole situation with Woojin, who used to be in Stray Kids, uh, you know, He went even ahead of using the I don't know if you guys saw that, but for his like promotions for his solo debut and things like that. He used the picture of the letter that the girl wrote or the tweets that the uh, person wrote saying like talking about her experience with him and how he sexually assaulted her and things like that. And he used that to promote his solo career. So that just shows you. And then there's fans that still support him and they still say, no, he's not at fault. Like, oh, this is just a joke. Like there's fans out there that take this as a joke because that's like, quote unquote, their fave boy. That's my, you know, that's that's my bias. And I have to support him no matter what. And I feel like as a fan like myself, that is just so wrong to kind of put that on a bigger pedestal than like believing a a, a victim or be- believing like a fellow woman or anybody really believing anybody that has gone through a traumatic experience. Like I, in my head, I don't understand how you could put somebody that you don't, you know, like just like as an idol versus like somebody that they did something wrong to. So I think that at that point we see kind of just like how, fans no matter what they will support their boy no matter if they went and did the most horrible thing and at that point I think that you know that's something that should be looked at like I, I don't know if there's any research on it but I just think it's so awful
0: okay um, I'll read some uh, tweets from the audience here unless speakers I'm missing anyone did anyone want to say all this thing here before I move on no okay okay all right, so Black Girl Talks Pop um, tweets, misogyny is clearly at play in the second-gen groups that exist today. Most of the girl groups have broken up, and if they make a comeback, yeah, it doesn't say that they're too old. There's none of that criticism in second-gen male groups. In fact, people anticipate uh, their comeback, so it's showing a very different uh, delta there. Let's see further tweets. I don't think we even know the surface of misogynistic abuse in K-pop. A few female idols have made veiled references. Yeah. Um, I do wonder how many of the male idols in their 20s align with 72% in this poll. Oh, and you should see the poll that Liz is linking to if you look at her tweet, uh, which references that Park and Kim are not alone. A RealMeter poll last year showed that more than 1,000 adults found that 76% of men in their 20s and 66% of men in their 30s oppose feminism. Well, nearly sixty percent of respondents in their twenties think gender issues are the most serious source of conflict in their in the country. Um, So, is the single minded focus on winning, quote unquote, winning in K-pop reinforcing or at least mirroring toxic patriarchy in the Korean workplace? She asks. Um, Let's see what else do we have here. I just want to make sure I get through our tweets. Um, asks Di- Astro underscore V tweets the big three company CEOs are men so I'm not sure how much this influences the workspace for idols but I wonder how much agency the female idols would have if the company was run by a woman or had at least more women voices in their board yes women voices in the board that's another really powerful lever um, top is my homeboy Oh, what what is up top is my homeboy K-pop chat regular he tweets the way fans act w- when their faves feet are held to the fire, especially when dealing with serious crimes is something that needs to be studied. Yeah, agreed. Very interesting um, social uh, topic of study. And then uh, lastly, Mayfair Moon B tweets, I'd like to think slash hope the avalanche of hate against uh, Ansan that she could give her Olympic medals because her short hair must equal man-hating is pushing at least some people to see how dangerous and horrific Korean end cells are. Um, so I, I think I, I'm understanding that tweet correctly um, that we're not asking the Olympic medalist to give back her uh, archery medals but rather it's so ridiculous that uh, this is somehow anti-man. Um, one thing I also just want to call out that all of you all were um, hitting on is and I do this as a public relations professional just be conscious of the terminology which uh, inserts Uh, power dynamics and paradigms that influence the discourse in one direction so we've seen how climate change has been able to uh, that term climate change has been able to use um, anti-sustainability efforts or uh, pro-life for example means that um, you're somehow against the 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 nurturing and development of life Um, so I mean just things will be conscious of in, in the terminology so Uh, Well, Carolina, I think you've got something to say, then we'll move on to our last question, then maybe uh, open the floor for uh, audience members. So go ahead, Carolina.
3: Hi. guess I wanted to um, uh, hit on somebody. I think it was Asato underscore V. They mentioned about how it would be if CEO were women. Well, for ACES company, which is Beat Interactive, it is a woman CEO, and you can definitely tell the difference. The moment that the fans, uh, this was years back, but one of the members said something that was very sexist. And the moment that the fans contacted the CEO, she put them all through feminism classes, um, equality classes, like they put them to study this. Anytime that they've uh, done something that could have been hurtful to any anybody really and the fans raised concerns, the CEO... That woman has always responded right away, also said, like told the fans her plan of action and like teaching ace about whatever it is that they are like doing wrong. So I think that that definitely puts an emphasis on the difference between a man CEO and a woman CEO, because the woman CEO will see and, and know things that men really might not pay attention to.
0: Yep. Uh, really quick, one one tweet. I just want to read off or maybe two tweets. Like for the one I'll tweet. So Lauren McRae or Imperfect underscore LM tweets. When male idols talk about their ideal type of woman, a lot of them say a woman who is good, who is good cook, take care of children, are cute slash pretty and petite. A very repetitive discourse about women. Yeah, indeed. It reminds me of CLC's no. <laughs> I was trying to push back against a lot of that. And simply Jay tweets, the amount of defending that goes on when it's very clear that it's so, so wrong and terrible, it just makes me so angry and disgusted. Okay, so last question here. Um, oh, go ahead, Lily. Oh, I,
4: I just got excited that you mentioned CLC. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, red lip, no, high heels, no. Okay, so last question. Um, You know, coming at this from a point of, seeing if there's something we can do. Um, uh, Like, is there a solution or a next step we should be taking here in the room? Uh, What are some ways we can encourage feminism and feminist virtues in K-pop as fans? What's it going to take to make that shift in the discourse? And frankly, I mean, looking at, you know, whenever people do try to stand up for themselves, you see this like avalanche of like incel hate. (laughs) Like, how can we make this a safer space for them? Um, so we'll go uh, Nat, Emily, and Aram. And then Lily. Uh,
1: well,
6: my answer is basically the same when I'm talking about racism, transphobia, a lot of these other issues that are very similar and, you know, just hate to marginalized people. I think if the fans got together and they really, truly got together and they withheld financial <laughs> support for these idols who are doing these things that we don't approve of. I, I mean, that would be the number one thing that we could do to combat this because they're here to make money, point blank, period. That's their main focus. That's what they want. And so if you, like, I think fans don't realize that we do hold power, like as consumers as well, like we just hold a lot of power. We are not exercising it because somehow people have been brainwashed into believing that you know this is just something that we have to do because to make our idols feel good about themselves or something i don't know but i definitely think that we if we banded together and we put our foot down you know on a lot of these things people they would have to go through training they would have to backtrack they would have to at least present to the world that they are different and they are better and that they're going to do better in the future and so I think that's like the main thing we can do. I think just speaking out anytime you see something that's not right, regardless of what fandom you're from, you know, if it's somebody that you're close to, with somebody you're not close with, like just saying like, "Hey, this is not cool," or delete, you know. Like I think a lot of these things, a lot of a lot of small actions as well are very important. Um, yeah, so I think those would be like the the main things that I could see that would make a difference. But I'm not unfortunately I'm not holding my breath on the first one because as we've already mentioned here and as we've seen as fr- you know, fans of like Sungri and fans of you know Kim Hyun-Joon and like a lot of these people, like it's idol first, you know, common sense afterwards. So
0: I think it was Emily and Aram.
5: I think a lot of it has to do with our language as well. Um I see a lot of discourse between international fans and Korean fans on international and especially American fans pushing their ideals and culture onto Korean fans. So I think sometimes fighting fire with fire may not be the best way to go about it, depending on the situation. Um, I would prefer, just for me personally, to light up positive examples, cheer for women who are speaking up, give them as many platforms as possible as I can, and showcase them as positive role models. I think you also need males in this space to stand up. When you have RM from BTS saying he's a feminist, when you have people like that putting out those ideals, that makes waves, that that does something for their fans, and they may start seeing things a little bit differently. As frustrating as it is, this isn't gonna happen overnight. Um, it's a larger cultural issue that takes time. Look at how feminists were viewed in the United States in the sixties and seventies. Even today, the way women are treated and the way the word feminism is responded to in our culture can have a lot of negative connotations. Korea is in a different place with their journey. So I think as outsiders, we need to be respectful of that and try our best to help instead of the constant lecturing and trying to place our ideals onto them. It's a journey is what I'm trying to say.
7: These are really great points. Um, I want to expand on what like Nat was raising. Um, And if you see something that's wrong, calling it out, speaking out about it is really important. You might think, oh, but you know, I'm not Korean. I don't live in Korea. My voice is not going to affect anybody. That's not true, because it actually makes a huge difference. Because Koreans are all about saving face. Koreans care about their images. Korea cares about how K-pop is viewed outside of Korea. So, like, just a very brief example about how, like, um, the Olympic gold medalist archer Ansan, who was attacked because she had short hair, and like all these, you know, Korean men were attacking her and c- commenting on the internet about it. The way that the Korean media represented that issue was, oh, Ansan has controversy about over her short hair and then all the foreign press were writing articles like oh misogyny is alive and well in south korea and that made a huge difference because then the public opinion was like oh look at all the foreign press writing about how there are these you know misogyny and like patriarchal issues in korea oh my god now like they're suddenly scrambling and writing different articles so um You know, raising your voice, calling something out and speaking out is actually really, really important and it could make a huge difference.
9: Yeah. Um,
0: Oh, sorry.
4: Oh, sorry. (laughs) I can't remember what the order was. I thought I was after Emily, but Uh, now I'm like, yeah, we'll
0: go Lily, then Sarah. (laughs) Okay.
4: (laughs) sorry, Sarah. (laughs) Um, I was just going to kind of reiterate what Emily was saying, actually, about um just supporting the women that do stand up and even if they are um most of the time at this point they're more senior idols or um idols that are already kind of I don't want to say past their peak because that sounds so shitty and like I'm a fan of them but like I think you guys know what I mean like really established idols like Hana or um Tiffany or Taeyon or whoever Sunmi um we need to support those idols. And I mean, they get support from us international fans, but maybe um, trying to get our fellow fans that are Korean to see like, oh, these women are right when they're saying these things or they're right whenever they're supporting women and saying that you should support women. Um, Just giving them that reiteration that like, yeah, these girls are doing the right thing. They're saying the right thing and they're, they're influencing the younger idols too hopefully be able to speak up when they're a little bit more senior as well. I mean, obviously I wish that it's sooner rather than later, but like Emily was saying as well, Korea's in a different um a different part of their journey with feminism than we are. So just kind of encouraging the younger idols to say that they're feminists is always a good thing, I think. I think that Dreamcatcher, I believe it was Dreamcatcher, but it might have been Cosmic Girls. Um, somebody, one of the one of the girls' girls said that she was a feminist and like a fan sign or something. And it was like so significant on Stan Twitter. But then I didn't see anyone talking about it um, as far as like within the Korean general public. So that could be something that I guess girl groups could work on as well is just kind of putting that fear aside once they feel comfortable and speaking up about it as well.
1: Um, I'll definitely keep this short because everyone, um, said, made the point that I was going to make, um, and very, very succinctly, which is that I think Western media can be helpful here. And she pointed out, um, the example of the Korean Olympic archer. Um, and I know K-pop fans hate, um, the dark side of K-pop and Korea articles, um, and for good reason, um. But I also think that they can actually be very useful. Like Arun pointed out, they can be useful when they're written from a nuanced and intellectual and contextual perspective. Um, And I also think that fans, you know, just a short point, if we can mobilize and send protest checks in front of companies over an album not being released on time, then I think that K-pop fans have a lot of power that we can redirect into fighting sexism that that people go through, that people are the victims of, whether they're in the industry or not in the industry. And I think that will show more awareness of not just K pop as, you know, an and a source of entertainment, but an awareness of the people who are in this industry as human beings that they're human beings and they're going through uh, various forms of violence. And we need to care about idols and the people who work in the industry as more than just um, the source of entertainment. So I'll leave it there. Go ahead, Nat.
6: Yeah. I just wanted to quickly sort of like tack onto that in that our focus here is on K-pop because a lot of us are, you know, and we're fans of K-pop, and you know we're a part of it in terms of the content that we create. But like, this is a bigger issue than just K-pop and idols and what people in the industry go through. It's what women in Korea are going through, and I think that that is why it's so important to speak out when you see something that is not good. Like there were links to articles about like. Trigger warning, if semen is a problem, Um, you know, men putting sperm in women's drinks and how that's not even a sex crime because that doesn't exist in Korea. Uh, So it's more of damage to property. And I'd seen that like earlier this year and we had mentioned it on our podcast as well, too. Uh, But it's like this issue of feminism, you know, misogyny. I mean, we know it happens here. It happens worldwide, but it happens to women, just women in Korea walking down the street having a good time it happens to visitors to korea any of us could be in korea and have something you know unfortunately unfortunate happen to us so i think that for me personally i can't speak for anybody else but like when i see something that is messed up or i think is ethically wrong you know regardless of it coming from like me being a western person i'm gonna say something and if i do need to be checked i will be checked like i'm I can humble myself, it's fine. Um, but I think with the discussions that we're having today, I don't think that these are like, yes, we're talking about K-pop, but they're not just K-pop problems. They're misogyny problems worldwide. And I think that if you see something aligned with what we're discussing today, like definitely please, <laughs> please do say something about it. Because idols, female idols will feel more confident to to defend themselves if they see examples of other people doing it. And you know we're talking about not having execs who are women and not having people on the board who are women. Like there's nobody there's no really big powerhouse name that I can think of in Korea and um you can definitely correct me on that who is a feminist. You know like who is saying, you know, like feminism is okay. So that is also something that is missing from this the story because I People tend to follow what people they admire do, say, speak on, you know, and so I definitely think that if we had somebody like GD, you know, somebody, um, you know, you mentioned RM, but like people who are actually talking about feminism and what it means and defining it and having these conversations, we definitely would see a lot different, a lot more different responses, you know, going forward. So I think that's also what we need to see in the future.
0: Yep. And then just to share something from this and disinformation interventions, a lot of people are more receptive to people they trust. So if like Facebook flags that something is inaccurate, you're you're less likely to believe it than you are, say, maybe a conservative news commentator saying that, oh, actually, this is incorrect. You know, conservatives of oh, that conservative uh, influence are more likely to be receptive to that news. So if you're Army and you see fellow Army doing something foolish, like, call that shit out, please. Um, okay, Tamar Herman, what what is going on, Tamar? You've got something to say.
8: Hi, yeah, I'm just walking to the subway, so my internet might go out, but um, I've been listening and really enjoying the conversation. Um, thank you guys for hosting, and everyone who's shared your thoughts and everyone who's listening. me. Um, two things that I, I wanted to bring up. One, one was that I... I I think it's really great that people want idols to speak of, and I think idols should speak of. But I think um, asking young female celebrities in Korea to call themselves feminists is like asking them to plant the a bullseye on themselves right now. And so I think that it's it's kind of um, counterproductive. Obviously, you know, there are probably a lot of women who self-identify as feminists, or they have feminist uh, thought points that go in line with, you know, equality and everything. But they don't, they cannot speak out, like, forthright about that publicly. Because it is honestly, they're putting themselves in danger at this point. Like, they're putting themselves at risk of, you know, so much hate and not protecting their own mental health. And who knows what else? And I've spoken to, in my work, I've spoken to, like, self-producing musicians in Korea who have released what you would think of, if you listen to it, as feminist music. And, And if you ask them point blank, so how do you feel about being a feminist songwriter in Korea? And they'll be like, I'm not a feminist. Like, it is really such a taboo term in public life in Korea that it's it's really, obviously, you know, it'd be great if everyone, you know, suddenly know, all of, I don't know, Black Pink was like, we're feminists. Um, because I'm sure, you know, at least one of the Black I'm not going to say, it, but I'm sure that there are people in the industry who self-identify as feminists, but they, you know, it's, it's too... Right now, like, even, I don't even know, like, I think, I think I saw that Anshan, you know, did self-identify or whatever, I don't know if she did, or if someone was just commenting something about her, but, like, even, even the most, like, that the term is really probably in Korea. Like, the, the idea of women having power for themselves is something still really stigmatized. Um, And then my other thing was, people were suggesting, you know, idols to, um... To celebrate for their feminism um, or their feminist appearing content and productions and opinions, um, but I don't I don't think I've heard anyone. Maybe you talked about this earlier when I wasn't able to listen. Um, but I don't think I've heard anyone mention how a lot of the second gen females who are hugely successful then are now running their own production companies like CL and Mindy and Hyorin. Like these girls were not given space in the industry after their idol group like faltered or broke up or whatever and so they had to make their own spaces and they're not getting the same amount of support that they should be for running like their own companies and doing their own thing their way on their terms after years you know living in this uh not self-produced world so i just think like if we want to uh, obviously you know cheering on everyone is great but if we want to especially cheer on the women who are running their own companies that'd be really great so thank you guys for letting me speak i have to go into the subway now but i'll keep listening.
0: Woo-hoo, thank you so much, Jamar. Um Yeah, CL's album is out on August 24th at uh, 2 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, you know, just, just in case you weren't paying attention. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Okay, Lily, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, and then I want to bring it over to our guests, uh, or pardon me, uh, audience members who are requesting to become a uh, speaker on stage, and then we'll wrap it up from there. Um, so, Lily, go ahead.
4: Um, I just wanted to reiterate, I probably just got a little rambly earlier, but I didn't mean um, for young rookies to say that they were feminists right now. Um, I was kind of trying to explain that I'm hoping that in the future when they are at that level, that um, these other um, more senior idols have been able to say these things. I'm hoping that they will feel comfortable and be safe to do the same. Um, I know that there's a long way to go for a lot of people. and for a lot of younger idols, it is, it could be in many ways dangerous for them to do so. So I don't want anyone to risk anything or any success that they could have by doing something as trivial as that. When you could just know by being a fan of someone, if they are or not, are or not by other tells.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: That's all I wanted to say.
0: Yeah. We, I think we get your intent, Lily. Don't worry. Um, so, uh, Mila or one John Hanen underscore M tweets, it annoys me how female adults have to perform and entertain Korean army. It's so n- normalized. Um, and let me actually add. So if you haven't already, if you're an audience, please request to become a speaker. We'll maybe um, get through a couple of these. I'm going to add up black girl talks pop, who has been very patiently waiting at the beginning. We've got a few more. Um, one more tweet. Let's see. Um, so uh, May be not May tweets, the shift in the discourse has to start locally with policy changes. Wait, did I read this one already? I can't remember. Um, anyway, the they tweets, perhaps the vested interest from international fans into Korean politics should kindle some flames, but it is also a very slippery slope, um, i.e. the webcam issue, the female lawmaker wearing a dress, et cetera. Okay, I'm going to hand it over to um, Black Girl Talks Pop. Uh, welcome.
10: Oh, um. thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. I wanted to go back to the first question of female idols being able to uplift each other. I was really touched when watching Queendom, how Oh My Girl embraced Park Bomb. It was very just sweet to have her back in the industry after so long. And I was expecting a warmer reception. But then I remembered in Roommate how she had talked about not having very many other idols as friends due to 21's image as a scary group. And Hwasa kind of echoed that when people didn't want to pair up with Park Bomb kind of saying like, oh, like we need to kind of see you as scary. And so seeing the way that Oh My Girl embraced her and it didn't seem like they were doing it for a cloud. It was before they got famous. But I'd like to think that was just good karma for them doing the right thing and pairing up with such an amazing idol such as My Bias. So that was me.
0: Justice for a park bomb. Okay. Uh, did any speakers, do you have any reactions to that?
4: I just also wanted to say justice for a park
5: bomb. She's amazing. Justice
4: for, justice for all race. of 21, to be honest.
5: Yes. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Queendom
2: was great in that, I mean, it was Mnet, and they very obviously tried to pit all these, all these groups against each other, and they tried their damn hardest to, like edited in a way that you know made it seem like they were hurt or they were mad and then you would just see them like walking around holding hands and stuff and it was like no these girls are like all these women are having fun and that was like the main takeaway of, of Kingdom for me
0: yeah that's one way to fight back against the patriarchy okay well really great comment um black girl uh, talks pop up next let's see I'm gonna try to add you up here we got Norland um, John ba- badillo um, I think he's still connecting Norland do you do you hear us oh, yep yeah, go, go ahead yeah uh, this is a very deep
11: and heavy subject that can uh, get heated easily but um I want to get back to the point of when Kai and Yaren was mentioned about difficulties of choreography uh, I personally think that <laughs> that was just a really prideful thing and ego thing that Kai has said because uh, for me myself I am a b-boy or if people don't know what that is b-boying or b-girling is breakdancing and it's been a passionate hobby of mine for at least 20 years um, hold
0: on a second okay um maybe norland while you're holding on there uh i seem to, I be, seem getting... to be getting oh it's good sorry
11: okay go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and <clears throat> in terms of what he stated about how like all uh girl choreography compared to guys choreography you know difficulty is naturally different um like i said it's just his ego side of a dancer and kind of just comparing like what everyone has mentioned that uh Idols are set to certain concepts. So to break away for girl groups of like cutesy movement or like, you know, like aegyo kind of like style is like against the image or, you know, usual, uh, how do you say like box, you know, kind of, kind of choreography. Um, but in truth, as a, as a dancer, myself, um, in competition form, like there is levels of difficulty, For certain movement or moves or sets or whatever vocabulary people use as dancers uh, i just wanted to point it out that like for for idols specifically because we're watching from a one angle camera dimension you know it's just easier to see movement from like a stage perspective and i before i used to see like you know oh this was not as difficult this is not as difficult but then as i thought about it and you know watched the idols perform, you know, I I gave more respect to them because they're dancing and singing at the same time. So even that in itself is a whole another level of difficulty. But I just wanted to point out that like, yeah, Kai was just being egotistical on that statement.
0: Mm, That's it. There's a a lot more I could say, but as for all another time and another subject. Sure. Um, Really quick, uh, and I'll I'll hand it over to Las Tris Bejas. But um any hot takes or reactions from the speakers? No. Okay. Um go ahead. Uh last Tre- Be- Beha- Sorry, I'm mispronouncing your name, I'm sure. Um go ahead.
12: <laughs> yes. yeah. Um it's just a joke about the three cheap in my picture. But um but really quick, I kind of that re- kind of stuff is dancing, kind of just reminds me that it's like I don't think anyone in K pop is doing something as like hard as like ballet in general, but it does remind me that I feel like people assume ballet is easy because it's a very feminine form of dance. Um, so I feel like it's sometimes less about the difficulty of dances and more like how cute is it. But also, like, I, I feel like a lot of people forget how unpopular it used to be for, like, artists in America to say they were feminist, Like, Beyonce got a lot of criticism for it when she first did it and like I don't like how some women reacted to being asked about it like Lana Del Rey but also it was really unfair that they were kind of quizzed under stances on women's rights that would have been controversial whatever they said um and affected like their marketing but men never are (laughs) um even if I don't like, everyone's always, like, reactions to being asked about it. Um, and I kind of feel like... I honestly kind of feel like focusing on idols is... Can be... Because a lot of these people actually do have lots of money. They're landlords or whatever. But, like, others of them aren't. And I also feel like sometimes a little too surface level. Because I also feel like with mental health, it has become more of, like, a wellness brand sometimes, with the, how it's discussed. Versus, like... But this is a workplace issue, so what is the uh, policy? Or, like, what is, like, or the other one that like, whether it's legislation or, like, what is the workplace? What is, like, the procedure for the workplace if you have issues? And, like, yeah, because, like, sometimes with stuff like that, it's like, so what would you do if you have, like, I don't know, stuff like that. And I kind of feel like just focusing on idols can be good. I think they can bring a lot of attention to other causes. And I think that people can influence discussions, but I also think it's a little like what will happen, what conversation would happen in the public versus what's going to happen behind the scenes. I don't know.
6: Can I say something? Can I add to that? Is
4: that yeah, okay? Gail, go for it. Sure.
6: Yeah. I, I think that you had a really good idea and you're, Points were really fantastic and I think that it is unfair to ask idols if they're feminists because a lot of them are they're not really that educated on the subject you know it's like asking Ja Rule about the economy like why are we why is there so much pressure for people to be you know in a position or to have people make statements like that like People are not asking male idols. like two p m had to come back recently. I don't think anybody asked them if they were feminist. You know, like people are not asking, you know, bam, bam, if he's a feminist. but it's it's something that has seems like it's it's even when we're discussing it, it's something that people sort of attach to female idols. Like that's something that we need to know right now. Are you a feminist or are you not a feminist? And a lot of them are just, you know, like, they don't really... Are not coming from a place of education. Like, maybe they just don't know. Like, they probably know about as much on feminism as we do. Or even less. Or even more. I mean, we, it's it's weird that people... And they do it here, too, where they ask them these really huge questions or ask them for their stances on things that they probably don't know anything about. They don't think about often. So, I mean, I, I do... I do wonder if it's even fair for us to sort of, you know, ask these female idols, you know, every single time they sit down or have these discussions about whether or not they're feminists. what do they think about it? If they want to talk about it, great. If they don't want to talk about it, you know, whatever. It, it is a hot button topic. So I kind of get it, but I don't know. It, I'm still sort of working that out too, because it's like, do we need to know if you're a feminist or not? I don't, I
0: don't know. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, I think, I, I don't know if we're going to get the answer in this conversation. Uh, but by all means, please feel free to keep the conversation going outside of this Twitter space. I'm going to call out that we're going to start wrapping up here. Um, if you haven't already, make sure, for those of you in the audience, make sure you're following the speakers, following others who have tweeted along using the hashtag k chat. Um, I think we we still need to determine next week's topic. Uh, we've got a long list of things, but if you have suggestions, we're, we're certainly open to suggestions. Um, I'm going to move on to our final uh, audience member here. Unless uh, Speakers, was there anything else that you wanted to add to Nat's last comments and um, last <laughs> Triso uh comments? Anything you guys wanted to add? Okay. All right. So maybe not May. Go ahead. Final Final comment, final question. Go ahead.
9: That's a lot of pressure, final comments. Um, My name is May, and I just wanted to bring up the idea, or not bring up the idea, but I think a lot of K-pop discourse, like, as repeated many times before, is, like, uh, like a microcism. It's just, like, a smaller version of, like, larger discourses, and you kind of see the same things repeated. So, like, there was an issue of, like, so should we be pressuring K-pop idols to talk about like political issues do they have a place in that discourse um like should we be asking them and I think when you I think I think that should be a discussion but I think when the effect is so large like for example you had the nth room chat room and when you saw idols like Baekhyun like Vix, um not v- <laughs> not Vix, like Ravi um coming out saying you need to sign this petition like you need to say like there's horrible this is atrocious i can't believe this happening in our country like when you have idols like speaking out so fiercely against crimes against women it for me personally like i don't i don't mean to push on anyone or any idol but for me personally it kind of makes up my mind on where these idols like what they should be doing with their platforms and like one, it's no one's job to be an activist it's obviously not on me to push that on them as a fan but when i see how far this goes and when i see what they can do and like the like policy changes they can have I think it is so worthwhile to perhaps ask them like on like hot button topics and like obviously like we said this is like such a large risk to their career but I think k-pop is becoming so international I think any industry is especially the music industry is already involved um, with politics and so part of me kind of just sees it as like a change of the times and like well like you're this big like you're like you're namjoon of bts you have a very large following whether he means it or not he has to be a feminist like what else are you going to do with a, a fan base that's mostly females young teenage girls um so you have to speak for these demographics because they are your supporters like these are the people that follow you um that's all thank you
0: thank you i think that was a brilliant comment um, I, I didn't mean to put the pressure on you, but I think you delivered. <laughs> so, excellent job, everyone. Um, I, I don't know if anyone thought I also had to, like, bat off a few trolls that we were trying to enter the chat. <laughs> I think we, we successfully eluded them. So, uh, anyway, uh, again, we'll, we'll be back same time, same place next week, um, hashtag K-pop chat. Again, follow the speakers if you haven't already on stage, and as well as all the fellow audience members who have also been tuning along with this topic. And thank you, Aram, especially for, for moving this topic in particular forward. Um, and maybe I'll just read one last tweet here from Hey There, Yessie. He tweets I believe that idols, no matter how rookie or experienced in their career, in their career are should choose equality and feminism by becoming advocates who educate their fandoms country and the world the fight for equality is not for the faint of heart and it requires a lot of courage yeah a lot of risk I think for these um, people and then uh, at at the you know cult of celebrity point um, that Tamar raised earlier okay well uh, we'll be back same time same place next week Uh, thank you everyone Bye. Thank Bye. you, Peter.
4: Bye. See thank everyone. you, Peter. Stan Girls Generation. Bye. Bye. <laughs>